So, what else happened tonight? Uh, well, nobody went to a, like a cockfight, right? Oh, somebody did? Oh, okay. Cool. But not me, though. I was doing something else while you guys were there. Oh, I was super duper there? Oh, okay. All right, well, like, at no point in the night did we see a grown man fight a baby, did we? Oh, we also did? We did? Oh, okay. But, like, Rich definitely didn't get a Bangkok tattoo inside of his mouth, right? Oh, he also did that? Oh, okay. Welcome to the Blackout Diaries, a show where stand-up comics plus everyday people tell true drinking stories. I'm your host, Sean Flannery. And I am CJ Sullivan. And each week here in the Blackout Diaries, we're going to have a story about a night that got away from this person. And uh, it's going to have a certain theme. This week, our theme, Sean, is missing or going missing, vanishing for a while. And uh, <laughs> you are uh, definitely qualified to talk about this. You once, uh, you once went missing in the world's largest indoor river. I remember for a uh, NACA festival. That is absolutely true in Nashville. Uh, this is a theme near and dear to my heart, and I uh, I feel the same about you, CJ. You're going to be a great co-host uh, for this theme because I consider you to be the most unfindable man on earth. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever seen you enter a building where uh, like you weren't denied entry initially. You were buzzed in, lots of speakeasies, poker games. I, I, can, I have to go to a place where right where you have to be off the grid. You have to go dark just to enter and like kind of. <laughs> Slide a black site, yeah, if you will. <laughs> slide your identification and phones over. You will begin at later night. I was, I was before Chappelle made you put your phone in a bag. You know, that's that's how I used to roll out, where you had to ziplock <laughs> anything that would uh, document the evening. But um, we have a great comic and friend on this week's episode, Matty Ryan. He's going to be in the studio, and he's going to tell about a hilarious story of his time in Thailand. That's going to be great. And then afterwards, we'll close out with a very popular segment called the Open Invite. What's that's when someone does something out in the drunken world that we have our eye on, you know, as far as a town. And we want them to come to our live show. No need to send. We want to hear. Yeah. No need yep. to send an audition tape. You have an open invite. <laughs> you are a uh, headliner. So that's going to be, I say popular segment. I'm, I'm just predicting it's going to be a popular segment. But um, I agree. Uh, Sean Flannery, you have a book coming out. I just want to tell the people about that real quick. And, uh, yes, I do have a book coming out. Look for it in March. Mm -hmm. uh, it is called Places I Can't Return To. <laughs> um, the Nashville Opry House did not make the cut. There was originally a chapter uh, <laughs> on <was> that. <laughs> I was just um, I was just there actually recently to document the pictures and just amazing. It's it's a different thing during the day, but we'll get to that later. We don't need to. Um... There was just uh, real quickly when I so it's a a fake river mm -hmm. that has fake boats on it. They look like giant boats, but they're actually like on a conveyor yes. belt. And I I fell into where the conveyor I was crossing it, I was swimming in it, and I fell into where the conveyor belt is and, and just disappeared. But I don't know if I told you this part of the story like everyone thinks I'm dead, I'm missing for a few minutes. I come up, like I yell, "It's a fucking fraud river. It's a fake river." <laughs> and Bob uh <laughs> Bob Newhart's agent uh -huh. was walking by at that point in time, like it's like 3 in the morning. I don't know why she's there, and she she, she gave us our business. She must have been hammered. Mm -hmm. Because she did not return our phone calls, but she's like, I want to work with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, you guys seem like you're a funny sketch group. This know? river's a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could work with them. 
That's amazing. But yes, yeah, so I have a book coming out in March. Look for that. It's going to be um, distributed at my website, seanbearflannery.com. Yeah, I wanted to get that out there. You can follow me on Instagram, CJ Thank Sullivan. you. CJ Sullivan was and taken as my Instagram now that I do documental life, now that I've gone through the edges of uh, being buzzed in. <laughs> yeah, you get better photos Throwing now that, that. Uh, you're allowed to keep your phone with you at all times. But the story we were about to hear has was told originally at the live Blackout Diary show, which happens every Friday at the Lincoln Lodge in Chicago. Every Friday at the Lincoln Lodge at 10 p.m. Okay. Uh, and we have been selling out lately, so if you're listening to this, uh, please get your tickets in advance and come see us uh, every Friday, 10 p.m. at the Lincoln Lodge, where we record all the sets so that you can also hear it on this podcast. Oh, it's an amazing show. It's been going on for years. It's the inspiration for this and all the tomfoolery that happens. And now, without further ado, let's hear from Maddie Ryan. You guys, one more time for Sean Flannery. Keep it going, Paul. Let him hear it. Oh, right. Um, so I've got a few different stories uh, that I can bounce around with Black Eyed Diaries. Um, I'll, I'm going to start by telling you ones that I'm not going to tell tonight uh, that have all very much happened to me. Um, well, once when I was blacked out, I uh, almost cut off my entire big toe in a Michigan swamp running from the sheriff's car that I had just thrown a handful of rocks at uh, at 6 in the morning when I was like 17. I uh, got stung by a Portuguese man of war on my penis. Uh, super happened. Uh, also, last year, got deported from Canada. Straight up. Got kicked out of the country. You can't be here anymore. Get the fuck out. Uh, none of those uh, made the cut for tonight. I'm telling you a story that happened uh, about a year and a half ago when I was in uh, Thailand. It was supposed to be a three-week trip. Ended up being two months after I just kept pushing my flight back. Uh, I was going to visit my buddy, and this happened within the first three days uh, of me being there. Um, and just, just real, real quick why this one made the cut. Um, I broke my leg, needed stitches in two places, and singed all the facial hair off my uh, entire face uh, in this blackout. So this one, this one won. Uh, Stories. Um, so I was going to visit my buddy that I grew up with. Uh, I've known him since we were like five. And I, he, he lives in Bangkok. His name's Smitty. All right. So now it's like everybody's buddy. All right. Hey, Smitty. Cool. Uh, so we get there. I get to Bangkok. We start drinking immediately uh, and blackout and remain in that position for about three days. Uh, we, at, in the middle of the blackout, we buy plane tickets to go to this southern island uh, off the coast of Thailand. And uh, we get there, and it's a small little town where Smitty knows uh, one of the bar owners, who's like this kind of creepy, weird British guy. Uh, we'll get back to that later. Uh, so we, we blackout. We that, like literally, and I'm going to find a hotel, drop all of our shit at the hotel. Then we go back to a beach bar where there's like bonfires everywhere. Here they are serving buckets of booze. Literally like a sand pail with a handle full of vodka and an energy drink called M150. Um, which is illegal in the United States and should be illegal in any country that actually cares for its citizens, to be honest. One night I had, had so many of these and the next day I was 100% positive I had malaria. Straight up. I'm like, I got malaria, you guys. It was, no, it was just a hangover from M150s. Shit is intense. Uh, so after, all, after that, we leave the beach bar. We finally go back to our hotel at like 7 in the morning. Um, we get in there. He, Smitty goes to the bathroom. Our hotel room's on the second floor. Um, and for some reason, whenever I'm drunk in like a hotel or a new place, I always just like try to like fuck around. Like I'll try to break onto the roof or like it's just... We did Blackout Diaries in Grand Rapids last week and I sprained my ankle trying to break out of the roof of our hotel, literally. Uh, so I open the window while Smitty's in the bathroom and there's like this narrow passageway that kind of has like a light at the end. Um, I'm like, I'm gonna check this shit out. So I start crawling out this thing. I'm walking in an air duct, like a vent. Um, I completely caved this thing in with each step. Like the whole thing when I was done was just completely ruined. And then I get to the end and it's like a six foot drop over this huge roof and it's just beautiful. There's like sun rising above these green mountains. I'm like, Smitty, it's gorgeous out here. Get out of here, you asshole. 
asshole, he's like, get the fuck back in the room. I'm like, I got this. He's like, no, you don't. He was right. I didn't have it at all. Um, so I'm walking across. Once I realize he won't be joining me, I decide to keep exploring this roof, and I'm walking. And I walk past this open window with, like, no curtains or window in it. And there, I look in, and there's just, like, 80-year-old Thai man in his tidy whities watching TV in an armchair. I've been here for, like, a day and a half, and I know that uh, the word hello in Thai is sweaty cop. So I walk by his window, I'm like, hey, sweaty cop, all right. <laughs> this guy literally just stands in his chair and just looks at me like this, straight back at the TV. All right, fair enough. Sorry for interrupting old man me time. I then take two more steps um, and completely crash through the roof I was walking on. All the way straight down, it was over a story, onto a cement floor. Uh, real loud, uh, real intense situation. Smitty hears this from the, uh, the, from the hotel room, starts screaming my name. I was unconscious for half an hour uh, at the bottom of this hole I created. Um, when I finally came to, Smitty is now at the edge of the roof, positive that I'm dead. He's like, fuck, he's been here for a day and a half, he's already dead. So finally I come, he's like, I'm like, I tell him I'm gonna get out, and I, which turns out to be an impossibility, because there, it, the, it was the back storage room of a bar, and it was disconnected from the front bar, and there was one door, and I can't open it, and I break the window and reach to the outside to find it's padlocked from the outside. Um, so the only way out of this place is back through the hole in the roof that I made with my drunk body. Um, so I finally get out of there, and we get the fuck, a whole, like we get off the island, like, and... Uh, out of the hotel completely we're like we need to get out of here well, I lost my camera we're like we're not going back for it we're going to get arrested I thought it was going to look like a Thai prison I just tore this place apart like a fucking angry raccoon in a duffel bag it was super intense uh, so when I and then yeah I, I, had, I had needed stitches in my arm stitches in my leg um, when I finally got back to the states after backpacking for like two months I went to the doctor and I was like can you just check out oh shit I think I just broke my whole body I think I ruined my body in this trip and I was like also yeah like I, my, my, my leg right here it really has been hurting the whole time um, found out that when I fell I broke my leg when I fell through this thing and the bone thing that like the bump of my leg that I showed him was the calcium deposit from the bone just healing itself so I was back Backpacking on a broken leg for two straight months. Um, real quick backtrack. Uh, so when I remember that, remember when I like was the old, the old man, the swatty cop guy. Right. So about 40 minutes later, when I finally pulled myself out of this hole in the roof, I have to crawl back past this guy's window, and I'm now holding a broken bar stool in my hand to help disperse my weight across the roof so I don't fall again while I'm climbing to safety. And I'm climbing past this guy's window again, covered in blood. My shirt's gone, or my hat's gone. My shirt's all ripped. My shoes are gone. Literally just covered in blood and dirt. And I was limping across, and I just looked at his window. I was like, "Sweaty cop." This fucking guy just looks at me, same thing, and just right back at his TV. I'm like, "How much fucking shit have you seen, old man?" There's a bloody stranger crawling for his life with a barstool past your window. He's like, "Yep, seen that shit. Watching my stories." Um, so I've got a, got a few pictures here, uh, and, and then a video I'll show you. So this is how the night started. This is the, let's see, we, is this working? All right, cool. This was uh, the small bar where Smitty knew the owner. Pretty sophisticated drinking game here. Uh, I think you just hit the log with a hammer and take a shot. I'm pretty sure how that would work. Real top-notch stuff. And then at this bar behind, there was a, the American flag behind the bar, and if you're from the United States, you got to sign it. So I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And then shit got kind of weird with the creepy bar owner started drawing all, just all over me. And, um, then him and his Thai wife uh, draw on my bare ass. That's, that's his wife's finger right there, about to go into my, into my butthole. Pretty cool. Uh, there's me trying not to vomit at the bar. Probably didn't work out. Here's a picture of the buckets I was telling you about. They're literally, it's just a handle. There's like, here's 10 straws. Don't kill yourself. Uh, so what else happened tonight? Uh, well, nobody went to a, like a cockfight, right? Oh, somebody did? Oh, okay. Cool. 
But not me though, I was doing something else while you guys were there. Oh, I was super duper there? Oh, okay. All right, well, like, at no point in the night did we see a grown man fight a baby, did we? Oh, we also did? We did? Oh, okay. But, like, Rich definitely didn't get a Bangkok tattoo inside of his mouth, right? Oh, he also did that? Oh, okay. No, no, I understand. Um, I don't know if you guys were paying attention earlier when I said that I burned all of the facial hair off my face. Uh, that happened. When we got to the beach bar, there was like bonfires all up and down the beach. And there was, I went to go get smokes. And at the place where I was getting cigarettes, they sell uh, old liquor bottles full of gasoline. So you can like fill up your motorbike and stuff. It was a dollar. I'm like, for sure I'm getting a bottle of gasoline. Uh, and I bring it back to my buddy and this, this Muay Thai fighter who I had met from, from England when we were hanging out. I'm like, check this out. We're gonna spit some gasoline on these fires, guys. They're like, no, we are not. I'm like, all right, well, I am. And uh, so I did it a couple times. Finally ended up convincing the Muay Thai fighter to do it with me. Let's see if this works here. Uh, oop. Maddie is currently showing a video recorded on his phone of him and a professional fighter swallowing gasoline and preparing to spit into a fire. Hang on. First of all, I don't sound like that. Uh, secondly, we're not in Rome. We're in Thailand. Uh, thirdly, the Thais don't even do this shit. So that, that, that phrase doesn't even apply. Here we go. Oh, yeah. But yeah, let's just do it a few times, though. Just to make sure it works, you know? Yeah, why not? I also have a cigarette and a beer in the other hand. I don't think you can see that. Pretty smart. I know. Here, just a few more times, just for safekeeping. No, this is in Thailand. Were you paying attention to anything I said? So this is when we do it together. Um, this would be when I lose my face. I've slowed it down twice so you guys can really see it in slow motion. Mmm, yeah. Yep. We'll slow it down again for you real quick. Here we go. Uh, the third one, you can really just see the flame engulf my face like a dying sun engulfing its planets. Boom! Yeah. Eyebrows, eyelashes, facial hair, gone. That dignity, sense of self-worth and pride, through the roof. That'll do it, you guys. Thanks a lot. We are back in the Blackout Diaries. That was the amazing Matty Ryan with a fucking incredible story of being in Thailand, bleeding and missing, which is also <laughs> our secondary name for our <laughs> our podcast was just going to be called Bleeding and Missing. And now we have the great Matty Ryan with us in studio. Hey, how we doing? Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, of course. Thanks that for was, doing it, dude. Of course. Hilarious story. Thanks, man. I feel like uh, and this might just be me overthinking, but I feel like that story hasn't aged well. Like it happened when I was like 24 and then I mm. talked about it at Blackout Diaries. And now it's like, oh, this white dude was in a brown country trashing a building. It's like, oh, I don't know if I can get away with it. But, you know, it's fun. Oh, I don't know if I, I, I see think it you're that overthinking that. Yeah, I don't see it that way either. Anyway, I, I mean, that's also, Maddie, that's how you behave in Chicago, your that's hometown. Yeah. I was going to say, if anything, you're looking back on it, how you could have improved upon it. Maybe a little hacky, uh, <laughs> sure. you know, maybe uh, 
<laughs> exactly. Maybe, maybe maybe you fall through the roof and you wave at him through a window that the old man, you know, right. the tidy I mean, white. That was polite. Like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I, I said hello. I, yeah, I see it as looking at it as an old set. Like, ooh, I really wish I could have punched it up there better, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time. Not problematic at all. All right, great. Now, do you still uh, – you still kind of – maybe you, you've probably mellowed out a little bit, but you used to have to travel with, like – you had your own personal, like, medical bag, right, from all the injuries yeah, you, you sustained while you traveled? Yeah, I, I mean, I would, like – you know, it it's not like one of those store-bought, like, it's a Johnson & Johnson first aid kit, and you get it at Walgreens for 18 bucks. It's like uh, – <laughs> You know, I would get stuff off Amazon or like order it online, like a field medics kit. Kind mm-hmm. of, I, I would, that would build myself piecemeal. You know what I mean? Because you never need all the stuff in those kits. You know, um, and then yeah, so just a lot, like you know, some medical grade stuff, just like saline, iodine, tincture, benzoin. Uh, what else? Steri strips, butterfly sutures. Just like a lot of. Uh, what what are like? Uh, what are the people who are traveling with you like? when you break out this huge metal, like, is anyone ever like, what's that for? Yeah. The, the, before that, like, before that little this. trip, it was like, we were packing our shit and it was, uh, so it was with my buddy Smitty and he had, one of his friends was coming with us and it was like his, they're like, their apartments were next door to each other. And so like we were packing and I was packing my bag and he was in the room with us cause he was like, Smitty lived in like a, basically a dorm room. And, uh, the guy was like, what, "That's your, that's your first. What are you doing with that first aid kit?" Because it did look like I was mm-hmm. going to like help a World War One trench. How many first aid kits do you own, by the way? Just one, just but one. it's robust. Oh, really? I, I feel <laughs> like you should robust. have one in every room or something, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Travel, you know. I actually should check it out. I haven't, uh, I haven't updated some of them. It might be expired. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I needed it. Um, the guy was, oh yeah, the guy, so he went with us. He was there when this shit happened and he was like, cause the guy like made fun of me. He's like, what do you need that for? I was like, you, you just wait, you know what I mean? You'll never know. And I absolutely needed it within less than 48 hours. And he was like, I get it. Fuck. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried about any wildlife attacking me. It's where it's me attacking myself. Yeah. 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 I might need my own stitchings on myself. Dude. And then like seven years later, I was visiting Smitty at that time. He was living there and he was back in the States. Um, you know, he'd been back for years and he got married there in 2017. So we were back and they were back at that same Island. And I fucked my leg up so bad that it ruined part of my trip again on a P I, it took, it was like, I was getting off this boat at like five in the morning. It was like one of those like rickety. And this is also now I'm in my thirties. So it's like, you know, okay, great. Um, and, uh, I, it was like a piece of rusty rebar that was like sticking out of this dock. And I, it went into my shin and took like it gouged out. Like there's still like missing flesh in my shin. Um, so I couldn't get, you know, water in it. My friend was a nurse and I had to use all my stuff again. And I called my <laughs> nurse friend and woke her up. I'm like, can you come check this out? I just need another set of eyes on this. And she came and like had to like stitch it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it did everything right, but you are a nurse. So... <laughs> Yeah, I shouldn't have said another pair. Of, I just a pair of eyes. I'm blacked out, and I'm not a right. medical professional. <laughs> it sounds like Smitty might be the common denominator here. It might not be. Too, well, uh, the funny thing too is we like I had to keep. We're on this like para, like Paradise Island. It's it's uh-huh. it's called um, Copp, and it's like it literally it's like a postcards. You know what I mean? And I couldn't go in the ocean. We're staying on the ocean. I couldn't go in the ocean for the next five days because I had like an absolute really bad medical situation on my leg. And then, like, cut to, like, so I was, like, good about it. I was, like, taking it easy, only having a few beers. And, like, I couldn't do much. I couldn't go swimming, couldn't do shit. Um, And then, like, cut to, like, maybe a week later, Alex and I are in Vietnam. And we're staying in this, like, little town. And the whole town flooded. 
And we're like, oh shit. So we like find dry land and like we had to leave our hotel and we just get like drunk as shit. And we like meet these girls and go with them to their hostel. And then we're leaving and I'm like, let's just walk home. And it was like waist deep in flood water. And Alex is like, <laughs> your leg is, I'm like, that's ah, fine. Come on. So <laughs> I spent like a week keeping it out of the ocean and then walked through Vietnamese flood water um, for like six blocks back to our hotel. <laughs> You did it. You did it. You did it. Opposite. Salt water cures all in, all open wounds. <laughs> Flood water. You're on your own there. But having a first take and all that stuff is kind of great for uh, someone who goes missing a lot, you know, and yeah. who does his own adventures. That's it's a. Uh, what was good uh, advice. which was the trip where you, didn't you fall into a body of water on one of these trips and like just disappear? Yeah. No, I jumped into it. Um, that was in. Uh, that was yeah the first trip. And so this was after the roof, after the roof incident. Mm-hmm. This was like a, maybe a month later. Um, and I wasn't with Smitty anymore. He went back to Thailand and I was kind of backpacking just like by my, I mean, I was meeting people. So I wasn't like alone, alone, but I was, you know, no, I wasn't with anybody. Unsupervised. I, I, yeah, I hadn't met any of these people before I met them that day, you know. Um, and we were in this like tiny little remote island in uh, the middle of the Mekong River. It's called Don Det. It's like part of this like little island thing. It's called Four Thousand Islands, and it's like in the middle of nowhere. Like the lights on the whole island shut off at you know ten o'clock. There's no like ATMs, and then there was like one hostel on the island, and that was the only place you could like kind of hang and drink. So like we were drinking. I ran into these Spanish guys that I had met like four weeks prior in Thailand, and we like couldn't believe we ran into each other. So we're like, and I also found a bottle of Jameson at like in Laos before this island, which I hadn't seen in weeks. I was like, I'm gonna get this. So, you know, it's not a great idea to just be running around um, with that. And then, uh, yeah, that night we got super hammered at this hostel. And uh, earlier that day we had gone swimming in the Mekong River. There was, like, this bar that had, like, a plank out over it. And it's an incredibly strong current river. Like, at one point during the day I was, like, trying to swim against it and I couldn't, you know, (laughs) stay in the same spot. So then at night, fully smoked, I was like, let's go in the river. And everyone was like, no, dude. And... To me, it was like one of those things like where I was like, everyone, everyone's coming and we're all going to do this. And that was only me, 100% only me. And the other thing about this island, so it's like this little fishing island and it's the Mekong River, which has those like fucking 400 pound catfish that you see like um, on TV. Those live, that's where they live. And um, (laughs) so like the villagers will just like throw a line out in the in the river with a hook on it like that big. Like the, and it just leave it there for days or weeks and see if anything bites it and then they yeah. they can yeah, eat like for a long time. Right. So those are just around. Um, and <laughs> I, I, I go, I walk down and I jump in the river. And one of the gals I was with, I was traveling with this couple that were from DC, Keenan and Mary. And Mary was like from Costa Rica, so spoke fluent Spanish. And uh, so we, uh, I, I did this, and everyone who I was with, including the three Spanish guys that I was boys with, all, everyone was like. He's dead. He's dead. Like that that dude died. And like Mary, when I came back, she's like, all of a sudden, she's like, we were like coming to grips with like the fact that you might be dead in this river. And like they were like, I don't know what they were saying in Spanish, but she repeated it to me, and it sounds way scarier (laughs) from the Spanish. He was like, he's muerte, man. Yeah, anytime Um, muerte is thrown out there, it's just haunting. It's like, oh shit, wait, I'm muerte, right, dude? That is scary. Throwing black roses on the street or something. Jesus Christ, this is a real death. So then she, uh, then she uh, said, I just like appeared. I think I have a picture. I'll find it while we keep talking. Then she said, I just like appeared um, 
like out River of the darkness. Spit you back out. Yeah, in like boxers, just soaking wet. <laughs> and I have no recollection. That's one of the scary ones. Like usually, like you know, after a blackout, it's like, oh, I guess I do kind of remember that, or you remember pieces. This was a zero. Like I don't know how I got out of the river. I don't. So that's one of the ones that scared me into me. Like I gotta fucking chill a little bit, dude. Yeah. Everyone Sean always knows the, the key to night swimming is the exit strategy. What people yes, this do. is a big, I don't know if I've shared this with you, Maddie, but this is a big theory. I'm a big night swimmer. I do. I love it. I love it. Like you. Well, we don't have to worry about sunscreen. You mm-hmm. know, the, the Irish were meant to <laughs> right. swim at night. The eyes yeah, are not yeah. upon you. We're right. like those albino dolphins, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they can't see anything. Yeah. They just go off echolocation. Yeah. Um, and the key, I learned this in Cleveland, you know, the key is you got to have, it's like declaring war. You have to have an exit strategy first. Yeah. People jump in and they don't know how they're going to get out. We would, where I grew up, the all the bars were along the flats. It was this area in Cleveland uh, where it's this Cuyahoga, it's the Cuyahoga River, which is this industrial thing. Is that the one that caught on fire? Are, correct. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> caught on fire, some like, uh, everyone always thinks it only caught on fire once, but it caught on fire some like 37 times. <laughs> like it's a huge number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, there's bars on both sides, and it's relatively narrow where the bars are. Like, it, I would say it's less than 200 feet. Like, you could and, – and there's no wake or whatever because it's an industrial river. So you could easily swim it. So people would jump in all the time, but what they don't pay attention to, every year, like, 10 people would drown because they would get to the other like, side. like, steep walls? <laughs> yeah, it's these steep steel walls so the barges can't, like, fuck up everything right. and then they would just drown they would just drown there while people are dancing to Bachman Turner Overdrive like 10 feet above them like nobody would know they're there <laughs> there would always be like these town hall meetings like well this is too dangerous you know may, maybe the flats is designed dangerously like and they would do these studies and it's like what the fuck are you I mean, people have been drinking near water forever I mean just drunks are gonna drown this yeah, is yeah. how it works you know they've always drunks, been doing it they're gonna keep are gonna doing drown. it they're gonna find a way to do it <laughs> And if you move it inland, they're just going to find something else. Like, right. like you know, like they're they're going to yep. break into the zoo and get mauled by right. a tiger. Right. Right. Tiger's going to tiger's going to tiger. Drunks are going to drown. That's what gonna <laughs> you know. You know what's interesting? Uh, the deaths all stopped in 2008, and for years the city couldn't figure out why. They put a ladder in. No, it's because people started um, using cell phones, and nobody wanted to go across the river uh, with oh, their cell phone. Oh yeah. yeah. So cell, cell phones phone. have probably saved more drunken drownings like you may not have jumped into that vietnamese river <laughs> yeah, if you yeah, had a yeah, cell yeah. phone yeah. on you probably yeah not. for sure Definitely a lot not. of adventures been thousands of it's, it's probably saved more lives uh than life jackets i'm gonna go ahead and say <laughs> sure <laughs> it, it ruined the tossing someone into a pool probably. i was gonna say that it totally did <laughs> no because now when you do that you're like you fucked up my week dude. yeah i mean entirely <laughs> <laughs> you've, ru- you've ruined me yeah. that, 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 that great <laughs> That great <laughs> joke. It was always what a prick move that always was to begin with. Oh, you it, know? it was it was such an announcement to a party that you have consent issues to begin with. Yeah. Like you are yeah. just, you definitely are down for sexual assault or something at this pool, yeah, at this yeah. pool party. I remember like so the first time I ever traveled with Maddie mm-hmm. uh, CJ, we did a blackout diary show in Grand Rapids at a brewery. Mm. Oh yeah. And Fuck. It was part of this uh, Gilda's Laugh Fest, which is this big laugh, laugh festival. And uh, you broke your ankle that night, didn't you? Not quite, but it, I yeah. did need crutches to get out of the hotel. What, remind me what you were doing. Were you climbing poles or something? Yeah, like that? me. I was trying to get onto the roof of the hotel. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say you're very. You yeah. have that adventure and, and a key yeah. component for someone to go missing. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. while they're drunk is that sense of adventure that you have. Like you're kind of like you have monkey like qualities. You like to climb yeah. things. I mean, right, you climb right. the cell phone tower. Like mm-hmm. you just like to yep. like you're, you're going to scale things for the stupidity of it. Right. Like I bet I could do that. Well, Which there's we only one know. way to find out, and then here we go. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, we Google. were leaving, and it was a fancy hotel too. It's like the it's nicest five star ho- hotel. Yeah, yeah. It's like the nicest hotel in Grand Rapids, and I was the next day. Because uh, Kenny stayed in my room that night because he was like doing some other show but didn't yeah. get put up, and he was helping me through the because a massive lobby and I was like hop I was like jumping on one foot and like it's so fancy that people are like attentive to the you know the hospitality yeah. needs, and some dude just came rushing over to me with a wheelchair and I was like all right nice. <laughs> <laughs> And then it's you're probably pushed around. good that you don't normally get that good a treatment, or you would be That's indulging true. these oh, fantasies yeah. more. Totally. That night, we also, or I did, and that's how you know it's cool and very Midwest in Michigan, where I, we, you know, we were at a bar, and I got kicked out of the bar because I was drinking. I brought an Oberon in there, and I was drinking it, yes. and they were like, "We don't sell that. You got to leave." Right. Until you until you finish it, and then you can come back in. I was like, Tight, dude. <laughs> don't waste yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, we can't. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We're not asking for anything. Yeah, yeah, you can come back. back. That's right. Fine. <laughs> finish, finish that. Two wrongs don't make a right here. We we understand that. <laughs> That's such. A, I don't know. That probably doesn't happen out in L.A., does it, C.J.? People sneaking beers into bars. Like that's like a major. Like I, I've been to dive bars where the signage on how you can't sneak beer into the bar. There's like five dedicated signs. To it, you know, like a big concern. <laughs> and, and I, was I, I don't. Gonna, right. And I was just gonna say that's an amateur mistake. You have to know. You used to know what each bar serves, so you wouldn't pull out the wrong. Right, the wrong kind of beer. The well, one there's two Sean's move. Yeah, yeah. So I've seen Sean do this maybe 100 times over the years, where it doesn't matter what they serve because they'll order a draft, so it comes in a pint glass. Mm-hmm. And then I'll walk into the bathroom, and Sean he'll come in from work, have like a tie on, and he's got like his like briefcase, like his shoulder briefcase, and the briefcase it looks like it's a businessman, and the briefcase is just full of cans of beer. <laughs> There's no <laughs> documents in there. It's just and Sean's just in the bathroom, like what's going on, man? Right. <laughs> yeah, to answer your question, no, in LA they will get mad if you bring in your own club soda are you bringing your own like uh, sparkling water you know it's kind of like mm-hmm. the opposite fact like they, they want it unopened and sealed like usually like you can bring it if it's sealed like no we we want to make sure there's at least alcohol in there or something like that because uh, <laughs> they frown upon any kind of drinking out here it's weird they make you feel bad like bartenders are like if you get your second drink like really they look at you another i'm like yeah this is how this business works right like yeah dude you give a drink back but if you're moving bring, a little fast huh yeah but if you have your own Lacroix, forget about it they will kick you out for that Sure. <laughs> well, Maddie, um, thank you again for joining us. Uh, what do you got coming up uh, that our listeners uh, can check you out on? Oh, I've got like a Comedy Central set coming out at the end of March. Just like a short. Uh, Congratulations! You know, like, know, That's set. amazing. Thanks, man. Yeah, it'll be uh, fun. We taped it in uh, back in September at Knitting Factory in Brooklyn. And you're you just moved to New York now. What, what's uh, what's the biggest difference you've noticed between drinking in New York versus Chicago? I mean, not. I feel like there's more bars that are open later. I feel like Chicago, you got to know where like the yeah. bars that are open before are. Where they're yeah. here, I feel like they're more spread out. And I feel like there's just more bars. I don't know. More like there's just more bars. Period. Obviously, because there's more people. But I think it's easier there is. to just stumble around I- and find places to pop into. I think Chicago is limiting the 4 a.m. bars just 
so that society can keep functioning yeah. within yeah, the yeah, city. Because yeah. I honestly believe if every bar were allowed to stay open till four in Chicago, I think half of them would do that. For sure. And I think society would collapse. They're ridiculous. Within. They should have. Because like if they're gonna be open at late, like we're gonna find you. We're coming in. Like they someone <laughs> yeah. has to step someone has to step in to shut these things down. Well I feel like it's gotta be some kind of like loophole in the in the you know Chicago statutes or something that was like from the nineteen you know like from brief for right. prohibition we're like nobody nobody should like bars should not be open till five like if it's some kind of fancy vegas nightclub whatever but like yeah like a dive bar open right. till five Absolutely. o'clock in the morning or they should at least have the lights on so everyone can go look around you know? yeah, see yeah, where, yeah, yeah see where they're at you can't tell me you should be able to take a look in there like oh god this is oh, this no. is a, talk about a mirror to society anyway <laughs> Well, thank you again, Maddie. Uh, we appreciate you yeah. uh, joining us on the show, and uh, we look forward to catching your Comedy Central set uh, at the end of March. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah, the great uh, Maddie Ryan. Catch him hey. when he's not vanished and he shows up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, missing. Right. That's how I brought it back to the theme of missing, <laughs> missing Maddie. Missing Maddie Ryan has a great memoir, by the way. Title, if you need that, that is pretty right. good. That, that is good. Pretty amazing, missing Maddie Ryan. All right, Maddie. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Thanks, fellas. Later, dude. And you are back at the Blackout Diaries. I'm Sean Flannery with C.J. Sullivan. That was the hilarious Maddie Ryan that just joined us. Yes. Today we are talking about people who go missing while drinking, oh. vanishing acts. Yeah. I like that. You are back. You are back in the Blackout Diaries. <laughs> That's where you are right now. The royal you. <laughs> Let me tell you where you are. <laughs> we have a new segment. This is something we do on all our social media. If you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, is whenever there's a funny story in the news where somebody drunkenly makes world or national news, CJ and I always extend that person, usually a man, but not always, but we always extend an open invite to come perform at the show. Right. We're not being sexist here. Open invite, meaning they are so good at being an idiot. They don't have to send a tape. No audition. We don't need your five minutes. Yeah. Oh, it it has nothing to do with sexism. It's that women don't normally fuck up so bad that they land themselves on world news. They're not as talented as being idiots as we are. (laughs) Not to be sexist. We found a guy that is majorly talented at this, and Mm. I think it's our first open invite all the way over from Turkey. Yes. Do you want to explain this story? Yes, Sean. This is a man, a great man named Behan Mutulu, 50-year-old. Construction worker from Turkey who got so drunk, he was reported missing. They sent out a search party. He woke up and joined such search party looking for himself. <laughs> the, the reason why this is such a great drinking story mm-hmm. is when you tell this story, probably to any man I know that drinks a lot, every, every person I've told this story to has gone, I could see myself doing that. Yeah. <laughs> This is great. I mean, this is very relatable. He uh, he went out drinking with his friends, a night drinking. He didn't return home. Uh, his wife was unable to reach him on his phone. And officials were advised that his friends lost him, and he wandered into a forest. So a, <laughs> a search party was sent. So they, so the wife probably called the friends. The friends say, "We yes. don't, we don't know. He went into the forest. Last we saw of him." So, so they think they don't understand the level of panic that they right. just initiated because they, they're probably still drunk. Yeah, they hey, think, last we saw, he looked fine. He was going into a forest. Yeah, the wife, <laughs> wife took that news a little differently. 
calls, <laughs> calls officials. They set out a search party. <laughs> so during this hours-long search in the dark of the night, it's middle of the wood, fugitive style, the <laughs> one of the rescuers just shouted Matulu's name, and then he realized the search party was looking for him. And like he was, he, he woke up after he's joined. Yeah, he he and woke been looking for right. He woke up, saw the flashlights. He's like, "What's going on? We're looking for someone." All right, I'll help out. Always a friend <laughs> in need. <laughs> Be the neighborly thing to do. <laughs> I'm familiar with these woods. <laughs> I've, I've been in here all night. So right, and then he finally, during someone yells out his name, and he goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Who are we looking for? I'm here." <laughs> I love. That it had to go to somebody actually saying his name mm-hmm. because you know, like you, when you clock into a search party, sure. I imagine there's like a thirty second overview, like okay, Absolutely. who are we looking for here? It's like okay, well, right. and then they describe you, you know, like six foot, glasses, you know, okay, okay, where's an Irish cap? Like they're just describing you, like okay, right. okay, and none of that occurs to you. All different neighborhoods joined up once once the word spread of a missing man. I, said, well, I got something to you know something to do. So this thing got pretty big. <laughs> I continued for hours. <laughs> oh man! So, um, so he finally says it was him. Then, then afterwards, to get out of trouble, he he was he was pretty disappointed uh, that people that his friends did this to him. He he loved blaming the friends. He goes, there really was no need for this. He goes, basically, I'm paying for my friends' mistakes. So anytime there's a search party, and this is a different kind of a search party. Someone was drunk, but anytime there's a missing woman like search party too, like there's always the guy who did it, like. Like the, the the unconcerned husband or something who's like yeah yeah whatever if you find something go out there you guys don't know what you're doing anyway like she she's not out there trust me but this wasn't one of those and then I do always love like I've been there when like the cops have shown up because uh, people reacted because they saw something unsafe going on and then they find the person and it turns out the person's okay and I always love that the drunk person's always like I don't know why they called the cops <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't mean, know why you know, you're here. I, I, I <laughs> I just rolled down a mountain, and when I left sight, I guess they panicked, but I was fine. Officer, I'm sorry you had to come out here for this. Like, I'm sorry we're wasting your time. I know you got real things to deal with back there. I don't know why this got mixed up. Man. You ought to bill these people. You ought to bill my friends, you know, for gassing up the helicopter and everything. They're the one who, who sent you out here, not me. I was enjoying the forest at night. Uh, I was going to say, this actually happened to me once, Tom, and you were involved as well. I wouldn't... Uh... I went. I would go missing from time times as. Uh, you, you're you're like a like um like a barn cat. <laughs> you know you you would you would you would go missing from right. time and to you, time. And you don't get too concerned. It's it'll come back. It'll find its way home. You know it's just it's just <laughs> yeah, what it, exactly. it's just what happens. Especially during my poker days, I'll go over late night. So I went missing, and uh, Aaron, who was my girlfriend at the time, not my wife, she. Uh, she woke up in the morning. I wasn't there. Very concerned. I would come in late a lot of times, but when I wasn't there, that'd be that'd be something different, I guess. She uh, so she she woke up in a panic and started calling, calling a couple friends and who uh, all gave di- all gave different answers of <laughs> the, the spectrum of responses yeah. she got was right. great <laughs> and and probably troubled her like oh my god these are his closest exactly. friends exactly <laughs> and the responses I'm none getting were, are not showing yeah, not a, emotional not bonds. of them reassuring <laughs> right. <laughs> Remind me, because I forget. I think she called me. She called Crow. Remind me some of the oh, uh, the top three was you, you, Adam Crocious, Bill O'Donnell. Because I was with Bill O'Donnell last. I went out with Adam Crocious, Bill O'Donnell. Okay. I dropped him off. He gave me a cassette tape for uh, like a Billy. I had a cassette tape in my car player, and he was excited about that. And he gave me a Billy Joel cassette tape. 
like some kind of like the, uh, whatever it was, scenes from Italian restaurant or whatever. So she calls him. He's like, "You were with him last night. What did he go to? Uh, last I saw him, I gave him a Billy Joel cassette tape so he could be on the road. If I was him, he was like jealous. <laughs> really? He hasn't come back yet. That did my Billy Joel worked. He is on the highway, baby. You know, <laughs> I, I wish I could do that. So he thinks you're like a beatnik author. Yep. <laughs> off to chase the the setting sun. Yeah, she's, None of us will see you again. She's like, well, that doesn't make sense. That's the first right, response. He didn't, he didn't pack up anything. So that doesn't make sense. So then she called. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then she called Adam Crocious, who is our unique uh, friend, who is uh, very much in his own uh, head a lot. He goes, he just thought um, we. She was calling him to alert him to come over for a pool party. He's like, because we have a pool in our building at the time of Chicago, one of very few rooftop pools. And she's like, oh, are you calling over? Are you having a pool party today? He's like, no, I'm reporting. CJ's missing. Have you seen him? Oh, no, no, no. But if uh, if he does show up and you guys are having a pool party later, on, uh, make sure you um, let me know. So she's calling everyone she can. So I think she might even call. Well, then she called, she called you. You, out of all of them, she said, least concerned of anyone. You you even said like, like it was a missing sock in laundry. It was you even, you even referred to it as. And he said, listen, I don't, how long has it been? Like eight hours? Listen, police don't come consider anyone missing after 24. With CJ, it's 72. I don't even send a text, I think he said. (laughs) I was like those cops in those 80s movies, like where the kids find like Mm -hmm. a monster or something, (laughs) where I was just refusing to accept the report. Exactly. (laughs) Like, who's missing? No, no. And you've seen them within the last 24 hours? (laughs) No, I don't consider him missing Absolutely at this point. Not. Yeah, <laughs> turned out you were right, Sean. Um, I will say a, a button to the story. I uh, I was supposed to I was supposed to uh, go to a party with her. It was one of her first big um, one of her friends' parties that started at eight. And I thought, like a normal person, you know, you show up like fashionably late. I, I still go out. I can still go out sure. with no Billy Joel cassette tape with O'Donnell and Grocers, and then uh, swing by the party. But girls are different. They go. They they Great plan, plan. They support each other. They go to make, they make sure they show up when it mm-hmm. starts, just so there's people at the party. So I missed a big chunk of it. Apparently, when I sh- when I showed up, she just left, <laughs> and all her friends like, "Oh boy, you don't <laughs> she's, she, you don't want to see her. She's upset with you." you well, because they've probably been hearing her complain about you for the last. It's exactly minutes. it's exactly what and they I do. told him. I explained the importance. Right. And this motherfucker. <laughs> you know, it was all that, and everyone's in '80s costumes. I think it was an '80s party. She so was like ripped up <laughs> and stockings, like like with scrunchies on and shit like that. Luckily, she wasn't too far. She was like down the street walking, and I had the car, and I picked, mm-hmm. and I picked her up. She gets in the car. This is like an '80s movie. You got the cassette tape. It, you're it really up, uh, was. It's very John, yeah. John Cusack style. Yeah. Hey, baby, going my way. It's raining. Get <laughs> in the yeah. Joel. Get in the car. It's raining. Don't be like this. And it was raining yeah. actually. She gets in the car. Uh, I bring her upstairs, and she gets to know. She doesn't remember. Actually, that's kind of the beauty of the story. She actually mm-hmm. kicked me out that night. We got in a fight for not showing up to this party. <laughs> And uh, she kicked me out, packed up my stuff, gave me a, gave me one of these drunken packing things. Like, take all your shit. It was just like, you know, a pair of underwear, a toothbrush. I would love <laughs> to see how, back when Aaron yeah. was drinking, how she packed you up <laughs> to depart while she was drunk. Uh, it's probably like one tie. Yeah. Like, like, like a meat thermometer, a shoe. Right. Know. Exactly what it was. Like three pairs of underwear, a toothbrush and shit. Like, a golf tee. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I would love to see what the essentials are. What her, like, as she looks over the apartment, what, what, what she's like, that he has to leave with. 
Um, so she kicked me out. I was like, well, either way, she just kept fighting. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to stay here anyway. I went to a poker game, just slept on the couch, whatever, a mm-hmm. poker game. And I um, came back the next day to, to in the middle of the search, you know, <laughs> and she like gives me a look like, uh, wow. You got you go like explain yourself, explain yourself. You kicked me out, blah blah blah. She 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 didn't believe it. She doesn't remember me picking her up or anything like that. I should say she doesn't drink anymore. Neither do I. But uh, luckily for me, Sean, I had forensic evidence. I had one of her shoes, like Cinderella, fell in the front seat of the car. So I brought her down there, and I had well, where did I get this? It was a high heel <laughs> that like you guys were. Oh, when the when the two of you drank, you guys were amazing. Because <laughs> it was like a like a Matlock or Murder She Wrote right. reveal <laughs> every morning. Every morning, one of you would be like, "Oh, you think so? Uh-huh. Huh? <laughs> well, may I present to you?" And then, like, somebody would open the door and somebody be in the closet or something like that. Yeah, so I put up, I put the shoe on. She put it on to make sure it fits. She goes ah. Well, you got lucky this time. Like, like they're wrapping it up. Like, yeah, I, I sure did. I got lucky, all right. <laughs> in her, in her defense, that was one of the very few times that it was uh, that was because of a fight like that, whatever, where she kicked me out. A lot of times, I would come back late, and she would have to pull out some search. She she eventually learned not to pull out the search party unless it was very necessary. For in her mind, which was the ne- which was the next day, necessarily like six a.m. is not the next day in my mind. Afternoon, no, you don't send a text out. Right, there's a couple bars still open. <laughs> you know, yeah, we were just talking about that Chicago late night bars. Exactly, I'm still st- still struggling home. Okay. They're still open. You, we can't make. We're not gonna. We're not gonna. You know, try and reach him mm-hmm. until at least seven thirty a.m. when there's not a bar open in the city. Yeah, what I'm trying to say is, I relate to this Turkish man, and of course, and he's I totally man. relate to it. And and CJ, we live in a, a a city filled with people who can relate to this. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, this is a story. A lot of times, what we do at the Blackout Diaries, as we've mentioned, we have a live show every Friday at the Lincoln Lodge at ten p.m. Uh, and people will attend the show, and we invite them to tell their own drinking stories. Yep. Some of them get up on stage, you know, firefighters, teachers, tons of teachers. So you're a CPS teacher. Mm-hmm. You you hit the bottle pretty often. But then some of them uh, will say, you know what, uh, you know, I'm a little nervous. I don't want to perform on stage, but I'll tell you this story, and you can use it for your podcast. Yeah. And this is an example from uh, a police officer that we both know who goes by Cashews, who drinks at our favorite bar in Chicago, Galway Bay. Galway Bay. 500 West Diversity, shout out to the greatest bar in the uh, world. It's a great bar. It's filled with characters, and you hear stories like this every time you're there. And we are going to listen to a person, one of Chicago's finest, who had to join, just like our boy in Turkey, joined his own search party. Did his own thing. Joined There There was an alert for him, and he joined his own search party. So let's hear from Cashews. Hi, my name is Tim, and I've been a Chicago police officer for seven years a uh, bunch of us went out drinking a few years back, and uh, we hit it pretty hard. I was ordering horse necks for everyone. If, uh, if you're not familiar with horse necks, it's uh, bourbon and ginger ale. I, I don't know why I was going through kind of a mixology thing at the time. Anyway, we are all fine for work the next day, uh, so we thought. One of the guys, let's call him Tommy, for this story was a bit older than us. Great guy, great cop. I still drink with him all the time, but uh, he had about 10 years on us. Anyway, we all go on our patrols. Tommy ends up falling asleep in his car after writing a few citations. He's just too exhausted. Well, 
a lady walking her dog sees him and calls 911 saying there's an officer slumped over in his police car. So there's, of course, a panic. We all get an officer down call over the radio. We don't know if it's a shooting or a heart attack or what. Dispatch says it's a Clark and Broadway, which is a pretty safe neighborhood with tons of foot traffic. So an officer shooting doesn't sound right, but we all head over there. Call actually wakes Tommy up. And he hears the down officer is at Clark and Broadway. So he responds, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm looking for him. So Tommy's out of it. He doesn't realize the officer down is him. He's looking for himself. He's jetting up, running up and down Broadway, looking for himself in an absolute panic. We get over there and we see Tommy. And he says, I've been up and down this area and I don't see him. My partner and I are already pretty sure of what happened. This asshole is so hungover, he just fell asleep. We ask if there's a description of the officer, and dispatch responds with a perfect physical description of Tommy, black male, gray hair and mustache. We then look at each other, and we now we all know exactly what happened. He fell asleep, and he's probably never going to hear the end of this. Before we can even start laughing, Tommy yells, Fuck you and your horse necks, and peels out. So that's, uh... That's that's cautionary tale against horse necks. All right, and there was a hilarious story from the cashews. <laughs> Cop himself joining his own search party. All names were changed. We should say that, but accents remain the same. <laughs> the way he says Tommy is perfect. Also, Tommy, the partner, if you ever want to come on to the Blackout Diaries, I love. Um, you know, I've lived in Chicago now for almost twenty-five years. Yep, and the really thick Chicago accent is sort of dying. It's usually like an older people, yeah, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it's great. What's great is when you have kids, all the Santas at malls have a super thick Chicago <laughs> accent. No beard, no beard, only mustache. White mustache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. We do have a, we have a, we won't even have a cop episode. Cops took a little beating. Don't defund the police. De- and don't defund the police, I like to say. Don't de- <laughs> To fund all you want, but don't that's defund. Pretty good. That, yeah. That's the title of when we have a podcast uh, with police officers. That'll be it. That's all I want is uh, pun titles. That's all I can think of. Yeah. De- don't don't defund the police. That was a cashews. And Tommy, <laughs> you can always come on and do it. Um, all right, that should uh, that should do it. That was a good episode. We're gonna now vanish. It was uh, probably. The, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and make a prediction. That that's not the first last episode we do of of missing in action. The people missing. If if you were to do a Venn diagram. <laughs> Of I don't even know if them would be the right word, but I w- I would say eighty percent of the episodes we could do could reasonably be morphed into a missing episode <laughs> with with minor changes. Right, it's the essence <laughs> of the blacking content. essence of blacking out when you're blacking out to society. You know, hard to know where you're going <laughs> in the middle of a blackout. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, if you enjoyed it, make sure to like and subscribe the podcast, and we will be back next week. Thank you, CJ. All right, see you, Sean. A podcast network.